Welcome, clientele, to another entry in Culture Shock slash Therapy. If you're listening to this, that means you're about to receive free therapy. May not be completely certified, but hey, we are on iTunes, Spotify, all those major platforms, so that's got to count for something, right? There's no way they let just anyone on there. It's not like it takes a minute and literally anyone can make a podcast. No, this is this is a very professional industry, and uh, we've we've done a lot to bring you this episode here. Um, before I introduce our guest, our patient for this wonderful episode, for those of you listening for the first time, my name is Mary Jane Provost, and right now I'm looking at a webcam and I see this, uh, I see myself, and like any good narcissist, I'm looking at my myself in the, the camera and I'm noticing this little dot on my forehead. And I don't think about it often. It's like a really like, bad version of the harry potter scar because it's not a cool design it's just like a a little circular bump so i'll be thinking about that for for today but that's off topic we have an amazing guest today i want to introduce onto the show for the first time great friend of mine a uh very creative person i could list all the creative things they do but we'd uh we'd plow through the whole podcast but um some of my favorite things she does includes um her writing and her filmmaking and her acting as well and we'll talk about all the other cool things she does welcome to the show kate hello hey how's it going it's going it's going how about you it's uh it's a little bit different talking to you this time because normally when we're talking we're trying to get each other to write <laughs> yeah. to meet deadlines or we're uh, working on some sort of production or uh so this is this is new for for both of us mm-hmm. but i think we're gonna have a good time um i ask a lot of guests this question before we get to everything uh is this your first time in therapy i know the answer to this but for the listener's sake <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> okay um, how how long have you um, had a relationship with seeing professional therapists? Uh, so let's see. I started going to therapy back in, I believe it was 2016, uh, back when I was diagnosed uh, with OCD and uh, generalized anxiety. Uh, so that's like four years? Math? Let's see. No. Five or six years, yeah. Yeah, yeah, almost five five ish years for sure. So that was around the time you were starting undergrad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know for a lot of uh people who have a uh, mental illness, um, divergent folks, like a lot of symptoms start to display. I know during late puberty, that's when mm-hmm. a lot of um, of course, I know people who. Have had you know symptoms from a very young age. Some people doesn't hit to like mid twenties, but yeah, a lot of people I talk to are like, yeah, when I was like a teenager, I knew something was different, and uh, I'm really glad you were able to get help when uh, when you did because it it would have been rough to have to go to such a unique school like we went to without having uh, tools. Like I can't imagine. I also was in therapy. Um, during the 2016 through like 2020 timeline. And mm-hmm. it was, it was so helpful. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? No, I love, I love therapy and I'm, and I'm very grateful. I mean, my like first year of college when I didn't have therapy, I felt like I was drowning. So mm-hmm. um, to not only like be able to have a name for what I was experiencing, uh, cause like I had no idea it was OCD. I just thought there was something wrong with me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so being able to not only have a name, but also be given like this cool, unique toolbox, uh, to sort of work through things was, was awesome. I don't want to, um, get into specific details, but there, I think we might've, there was a very popular therapist at our, at our school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I wish kind of every therapist did things the way he does because mm-hmm. he sets such a high standard. Um, he's that kind of therapist that 
you will think about the advice and information he gives you long after the sessions, right? Yeah, no, I, uh, cause part of my therapy is, um, taking notes on what I experienced throughout the week. And so I would also bring my notebook to our therapy sessions. And so I would often just write down things he would say, cause I was just like, I, I need to remember this. This is, this is great. Um, not only for me, but just for like life advice in general. So have you, um, ever like reached a period after college where you're like, you know, maybe I'm good. Maybe I can do this on my own. Or do you feel more comfortable like seeking out therapy and having sessions for the foreseeable future? Are are you like comfortable with that, I guess? Yeah. Um, I went back into therapy actually during the pandemic. Um, the drowning feeling started to happen again. Uh, cause a lot of, a lot of my like OCD obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, I have like contamination fears. And, um, so the pandemic was a huge trigger. <laughs> um, yeah. so I went back into therapy and I'm actually in therapy still, uh, dealing with some of that stuff. Um, but I love it and, uh, I see no issue. Like, um, we talked about recently actually with my therapist that I may reach, reach a point where, um, I'm currently doing therapy sessions every other week. And so we were talking about that I may reach a point where I'm able to do once a month session. Um, so progress. <laughs> I remember um, uh, there was that great therapist that we both saw, but there were other mm -hmm. times uh, to where the the clinic was like so overwhelmed with clients. Yes. I would see a doctor like it, it was like, and also it's it's very hard in college uh with the you know since the university uh specialists are so like overwhelmed with appointments it's really hard for something to like line up if you have an active uh extracurricular mm -hmm. situation so like there would be times where I would go like five weeks in between sessions and it'd be like okay so like you know tell me about your week how is everything <laughs> it's like wow literally everything has changed since our last session like and and then you have to think, do I spend this session like going over everything that my like therapist has missed <laughs> or do I just like focus on like the immediate issues? And uh, so, yeah, I totally think, you know, you brought up the whole like time frame of how often you're seeing your therapist. I think that is like one of the most important parts, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And there's always the encouragement of like, don't feel like you shouldn't ask for extra help like if back mm -hmm. when I, I was go doing once a week and even now when I'm doing every other week they're like if you need me email me and we can fit you in for an extra <laughs> yeah. appointment like that's always yeah. possible which is great that always feels better than like oh gosh like when I remember the worst feeling would be if like I had a really bad event in my life like the day after my therapy session and just mm -hmm. Oh, if the timing had worked out, I could have mentioned this and like hashed this out. Now I have to wait. So yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's amazing that you're encouraging people to like. It's like just because you want to speak to them often doesn't mean like you're more messed up or less messed up than anyone else. Seeing it, it's just like the communication that works for you. No, absolutely. And I think I think everyone's experience is different. And I mentioned toolboxes earlier, but yeah, I think whatever you need to do to grow your toolbox in order to I don't know like not Im like improve but like be yeah. able to know what to do in a certain situation that you may be going through I think is great as I always do while hosting this show I'm gonna make a hard left <laughs> it uh during the time of um recording this is gonna be the end of October we're gonna try and align this up as close to Halloween as possible and um we were going to have you on the show at a later date, but mm -hmm. I thought Halloween, I could not think of a better guess because you're someone who wants it to be Halloween like eight months out in the year. It's like you you, you really look forward to this time of year, so I knew we had to bring you on for the episode. Uh, before we talk about why you love the holiday, why why the spooky season is so important in your life and why you think it's it's so positive for, for people to experience, um, while we were talking... Before recording, uh, you mentioned you have opinions about a certain young adult vampire romance franchise, and a lot of time has passed since those books and the movies first came out. Mm -hmm. I think there's like a wave of like, 
like for example i remember when jennifer's body first came out a lot of people Mm. around my age hated it because they either didn't like megan fox or they thought they, they didn't really get what was going on and now so much time has passed those same people are looking at it through the a new lens and now it's sort of held up as like a feminist horror film mm-hmm. and i think twilight has sort of reached that point to where a lot of people would make fun of twilight fans when the series was first going on and now it's like time has passed we can look at this how much it influenced young adult fiction mm-hmm. so uh i'm gonna let you take the floor uh yeah. when did your relationship with twilight start were you like a day one you had the book I, in your hand <sighs> I wasn't day I wasn't day one. I will say I was probably too young to be reading it. Um huh. I was a fifth grader. Um and I remember going to the bookstore. Uh I was a big um Barnes and Noble girl. And so we we went into Barnes and Noble and I went to the young adult section. Um and I saw the cover, that like stunning black cover with the the apple and those like really pale hands. And I was like very intrigued. Uh, and I bought it and I remember uh, starting to read it. And my mom, I would like update her on like what was happening in the story. And um, let's see, fifth grade, I believe I was like 11. And so uh, my mom... <laughs> thought like she's like oh it's a young adult book does that and it's a romance does that mean there's gonna be like things that are like above my Mm -hmm. (laughs) maturity level and so she uh i believe she read it and then she also had my aunt read it to make sure that it was appropriate and my aunt was just like amy there it's just a bunch of like horny teenagers staring (laughs) longingly at each other during a science class there's nothing you're fine (laughs) um and then I, I went to the midnight premiere of the first film and became obsessed. And I had already seen the beauty that is Robert Pattinson because he was in Harry Potter as well. But uh, thus began my obsession with Robert Pattinson and uh, only encouraged my love for vampires. Um, but I guess... Okay, so have you read Twilight or have you just seen the movie? I've um read the books and I've only seen half of the. Well, I've I've seen because there were two Breaking Dawns, right? Yeah, two. Okay, partners. so I've only seen half of the movies then. Um, but uh, but I'm, I read the books and I was at first I became obsessed ironically when I was <laughs> in like uh I was thirteen maybe. Yeah. Uh, when the movies were really popular. And then over time, once I got into it, I was like, oh, wait, I don't like this as just a joke. I actually like this. So I I, I had a huge identity tied to it for, for at least a couple of years. Um, so so it took me a lot longer to catch on to it uh, than you did, but I did eventually catch on. And I remember okay. most of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So um a lot of the a lot of the jokes that are made even now about Twilight are like the way that Bella and Edward are kind of represented and how Edward is like this little emo edgelord. And um then there's there's Bella who's like the queen of awkwardness. Um and I I was talking to uh one of my good friends, uh, Marion, actually, who you know. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll hopefully have her on the show at a at a point in the near future. Uh, she she was asking me about I don't know how we got into the topic of Twilight. We were talking about Twilight, and I was like, Twilight needs a reboot, and she was like, Why? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Well, I think they did it wrong, um, and. Uh, I say that actually now I remember because the perspective from Edward's book had come out, The Midnight Sun, um, and I was reading it and I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's so, so well done. And I was like, this is what the story should have been from the beginning. It should have been from Edward's perspective from the beginning uh, just because – don't get me wrong. I love the whole romance and everything, but I also think so much of the story is about – um, Edward Cullen regaining his humanity um, through letting himself like surrender to love and uh, to that for that love to be shared with a human. Um, and so I, I don't know. I wanted 
I wanted Twilight to be darker and show more of the like grit of the vampires instead of like the iconic them playing baseball in a field scene. <laughs> um so uh I actually found the text that I wrote her and it's a massive text so I won't read the whole thing but basically uh-huh. <laughs> basically uh I'm saying that um so yeah the story is about Edward finding his humanity again um and if you pay attention to what his family says about him after like he meets Bella in uh Midnight Sun which if you haven't read it highly recommend um they're they're happy like his whole family his whole vampire family is like oh my gosh like you're you're being reawakened like you're out of your funk um that he's been in for the past couple decades and like has been depressed um and but when he meets Bella, he starts to change and like finds himself again. And I also think they could have this really cool element of uh, that that I think they started to do in the first film, um, but didn't have enough time to really explore. Like Bella, she's she's an awkward little person, but she's she's also incredibly nosy and incredibly investigative. And so like I th- I feel like if they had done it from the perspective of showing more of of Bella like trying to figure this out especially with her dad uh being the police chief and all of the different weird animal sightings around the town and the dead body popping up and it being like mauled and them thinking it was a bear and having to like go out and hunt the bear it's not a bear it's a vampire like i feel like yeah. they could have done a really interesting take with that um instead of focusing so much on the romantic drama and then the opposing vampires who come in i just uh took a peek at the midnight sun and it's 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 interesting because i see there's a 2008 draft in circulation yes. of the book uh is there are there like large differences between the one that's got published and then the 2008 version that got published that's a great question so i remember reading the leaked version because it wasn't supposed mm-hmm. to be re- it was totally leaked and i remember oh. yeah <laughs> she was she was really embarrassed about it the author of stephanie meyer uh and um said she was never going to release it because she was like you you, you're looking at the unfinished product please don't Mm -hmm. like judge my work this isn't this wasn't supposed to happen um so the fact that she released it is i don't know more power to her i guess uh, for being able to be like no i'm proud of this and i love this story um but i don't remember there being a ton of differences. I mean, it was only the first like couple chapters. So like we really hadn't right. gotten into like the heart of the book. And it was a lot of like Edward being moody and being yeah. like, Oh, my family doesn't understand. And um, the main thing I remember of the leaked one, which is still in the printed version is his conversation with Alice. And Alice is the one who can um, like, see the future and everything and so they're having this whole like conversation essentially without actually talking to each other in the cafeteria at school and we're thinking that was pretty cool um but the book is really good please read it (laughs) yeah uh, um one of the cool things is you know i think uh you know we both write a lot and you know i think a lot of writers worst fear is people seeing what the first vomit draft looks like before edits take place but i think of like you know my favorite writers and i really like seeing the notes and the outlines and like i think it's really cool that obviously it wasn't cool that um it was leaked without permission but the fact that that version of the midnight sun is popular shows that like no like fans love seeing like the interesting flaws and like what could have it's sort of like uh sort of like people's love of like deleted scenes because sometimes you see a deleted scene you're like oh shit this could have made the movie better yeah no i i 
Yeah, I love deleted scenes. I also just love watching like the behind the scenes stuff because I think that goes to also what what you're saying is we love seeing the process and seeing how they start from essentially just a concept and then form it into this piece. Um, And I think... And I think, yeah, I think that's admirable. And I think that that is kind of what we were seeing in the leaked version. Um, That's why I'm so afraid we'll not have hard copies of movies and just streaming. Because I think besides HBO, I can't find anywhere where like you can see actual true behind the scenes and making of features. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when we were growing up and they had hours of that stuff, if you got like a deluxe version, like more than like you would humanly even need to watch but still as a fan you could enjoy all that bonus stuff and uh yeah please if any people are listening who have control of the system <laughs> bring back deleted scenes bring back uh making ofs like you know i'm sure like you watching making ofs like helped inspire you at a young age probably cuz you get to see it like firsthand yeah yeah even just uh i remember I would I would get specifically box sets of like some of my favorite shows like Buffy or Supernatural just because I wanted to see the behind the scenes yeah. footage because it it did I was able to go well this doesn't look so difficult like what they're doing like I could do this yeah. uh kind of a feeling like um when we're recording this the uh, the movie Dune like some people have seen it but it hasn't been released for most mm-hmm. people and like what if that's released and we don't get to see the behind the scenes of like this amazing world and the vision? Like, like I couldn't think of like a pro like all these projects they are becoming even more big in scale. So like, yeah, that, that, that makes me a little bit sad, but anyway, (laughs) let's get back to twilight real quick. Um, (laughs) You, so you thought the interpretation of the films, I, I, I remember, my relationship with this series is I thought new moon was the worst film adaptation, but it was like basically my favorite standalone book. Really? And I felt like, yeah, like not including it as like the best one in the series, but like as just like a young adult romance book, I Mm -hmm. love new moon a lot. And I did, I felt like so much of the segments in the movie were mistranslated. So like, uh, what's like your, your pitch for like a twilight reboot? Like, Oh, like my elevator like ra- pitch? rated R. Should it be oh, animated? Like- I, I, I think it should be a television series. Okay. Uh, yeah, definitely television. I don't think it, it should be for a movie, just given the, the amount of detail and scope that I want to go into with the characters. Like I, we were robbed of so many different backstories. Like we got a little bit of Rosalie. We got a little bit of Jesper, but like I wanted to see all the details of Carlisle. I wanted <laughs> to know everything. And and Esme. We didn't get anything of Esme. Yeah. And she's easily like my favorite of the Cullen clan. So I don't I just I want more I want more lore and detail and I want I want the vampires to be a little more frightening. Um because the Volturi wasn't that scary. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They were just kind of glamorous. Um, I don't. I just. I think there needs to be more. I think it needs to be from an investigative standpoint, and I think it should be from Edward's point of view to really show that that uh, regain of humanity. And um, I I loved Edward's perspective so much, just because it also gave a new like look at Bella because. Bella is so self-deprecating. Like if you read like the books from her perspective, she's always being like, I don't know why people like me. I'm so mm-hmm. awkward. I run into yeah. things and trip over air. And um, but the whole time, Edward is just like fascinated by her. And it's just like, of course, all these guys have a crush on her. She's the most like beautiful and pure thing I've ever seen. And mm-hmm. and I think with a TV show, you can show more of that balance. Like you can kind of cut back and forth more from like her perspective and being like an awkward teenager. And then his perspective of just being so like enamored with her. Yeah. I think like, um, regarding like the, um, interpretation of like Bella's like awkwardness and everything. Like, I think the visually, like the casting worked very well, but like, Mm -hmm. 
I think both of those performers are so much better actors now than yes. they were at the like. I remember, um, you know, people hated both of those actors, and now like literally they are like award winning talents. They're fantastic. Um, yes. Anything, yeah, anything they're um, in, I'm gonna go see. <laughs> same here. And uh, do you do you think there's like a reason for why people still to this day hate Robert Pattinson? Do you do you do you have like a theory on like one his his talent level and how for some reason like he's not embraced the same way as like uh you know like maybe even like Timothy Chalamet or someone mm-hmm. it might be he doesn't have the baggage of Twilight but like what what is it you think about people's relationship with Edward Pattinson and so I I definitely think Twilight plays a big part of it because I think that's a huge thing to overcome like the same thing Mm -hmm. that i think daniel radcliffe experiences and not everyone seeing him as harry potter um Mm -hmm. when he is a very talented actor and can do many different roles but it just so happens that he was in this iconic you know thing that was released all over the world so literally like everyone recognizes the face even if they don't know the name and so i think he has to like live with that. But then also he's not your typical famous person. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> no, he's really not. Like he, he, <laughs> he does interviews occasionally and like does the whole like press thing. Um, but I think he's very similar to uh, Harrison Ford's style. And yes, I'm bringing up Harrison Ford. Uh, but I think, um, I think they very much see acting as a job and kind of that's it. And mm-hmm. um, that's what they want out of that experience. They're not really wanting the whole famous person experience of like yeah. uh, being with the fans all the time and like going to like different meet and greets and um, having the whole like glamour. Like we don't, we're not seeing Robert Pattinson at the Met. Like, yeah, that's not happening. I don't know if he was invited or not, but I don't picture him being like, yeah, that's something I'm going to go to. Um I think he's like, no, I'm going to promote my my work and do my job and then have my private life, which I I very much respect. I think mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's how I would do it too if I were to all of a sudden have this like cult following mass stardom. It's like the way he approaches it is like the opposite of I think of like Tiffany Haddish who like mm-hmm. the second she became well known, she was it's it's like she was ready to be famous her whole life. Yeah. <laughs> and she she knew exactly how to make her fans happy and yeah, she rocks get it. new fans and she's like, Oh yeah, I'm I'm dating common and this is amazing. And yeah. she's she she's really cool with being public like that. And then yeah, people I don't I don't think they do respond as positively to people because they want their celebrities to be, you know, these gods, these these larger than life figures. So when they see like Robert Pattinson doing something and he's he's low energy or maybe he's shy, uh-huh. that 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 throws people off and they don't like it. But I I think that shows that he's just you know dedicated to his specific job, you know, and he's maybe not. I, I don't know what his you know his upbringing is like, but it's cl- it's clear he's not a fan of Hollywood culture. No. Based off of <laughs> what we've seen, yeah, yeah, and I think the same could kind of be said for Kristen Stewart too. I mean, I don't think either of them have any social media, right? Like, I don't believe. Yeah, I think and- they both gone on record as saying like that they they would they they're not going to do that. No, yeah, and I and again, I think she's also is someone who's like, no, this is my job. And it just so happens that my job involves my face and my likeness and my voice and everything, but it's still my job. It's still like a nine to five. So when I'm off the clock, yeah. I'm I'm gonna go about my business. And and Casey's listening, what would you uh want to say to Robert <laughs> Panson if you ever were in a room um, with him face to face, you had the chance to talk to the man? Oh my gosh. Uh I don't know. I would just I would love to know. What gets him excited about a new script? Like, what does he look for? Is it the kind of thing where he's constantly wanting to do something just different from what he did before? Or is he like a plot person? Or is he much more into like dissecting a character kind of a thing? Um, 
I don't know. I would just love to know that. And then uh, with the whole upcoming Batman, just uh, mm-hmm. he wants to slide my headshot to the director yeah. and be like, so I think the next one should have Harley Quinn. I know there's the great Margot Robbie, but look at this person. She'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it because like even in the movies I've seen him in that I don't love, the script mm-hmm. is always very re- memorable. Yeah. I saw him in this science fiction movie and I have like mixed feelings about it. I forget what it's called. It's 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 pretty does it hardcore. Have, does it have a baby? Is there a baby in yeah, it? Yeah. Yes, yeah, it I know does. What I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's a really hardcore movie. It's it's kind of hard to watch, but like you think about that, you think about Good Time which he was in and like I he love Good Time. he picks these scripts that really stand out. So like the fact that he chose Batman which is kind of a that's not like a one-time deal. Like no. he's signing up for probably, <laughs> at the very least, a trilogy. So yeah. that that I think that's gonna that bodes well for for the Batman. And uh, I'm so I'm so excited for it. It looks very gothic. It looks which, really gothic, and I and yeah. I and I think not only is like like you said the gothic, the whole imagery and everything, but from what I've read, and I can't exactly like confirm this, but um. I think the the take they're doing is more an investigative take of the mm-hmm. Batman, um, which to me, as like growing up with the comics, that's kind of what I was used to, that form of Batman, where it very much was more like an investigative perspective instead of, you know, brute force. Um, yeah. Um, I'll transition from Batman. Bats are scary. <laughs> Halloween season. Um, it is that time of the year, and we live in a day and age where Halloween, un- unlike when we were, I feel like when we were really little kids, Halloween was, it was of course beloved, but people kind of focused on like, I remember more focus on the candy mm-hmm. element, like that being the thing. And now it's like, I see little kids talking about like spooky season and yeah. looking forward to it months in advance. Uh, before we get into about like why you personally love it, do you think there's a reason why it's becoming so huge, like in the past four or five years? Well, I, I think I really think um, there's this new, uh, not like resurgence because it's always been a big thing, but like horror, the horror genre, I think is just booming right now and i and i and i think that goes for television that goes for video games i think that goes for novels like all mediums like it's just taking off and i think people are realizing that scary is kind of fun like it doesn't have to always be this like oh don't let kids watch all of this stuff just because you heard it's a scary movie like there are different levels of scary films and scary media um and it's fun to be scared. And I think and I think people are becoming more open to that. And I think that's kind of why. And who doesn't love the fall aesthetic? Who doesn't love pumpkins and like the the autumn colors? And I don't know. I just think people are embracing it more because they're realizing it's okay to be spooky and there's not so much taboo around it. Yeah, and you know, I feel like it resonates with people who are quieter. Like I think, I think of like the most extroverted holidays. You know, they, they mm-hmm. could be like New Year's Day, your birthday. They could be. It could be Valentine's Day, where like those holidays kind of reward very outgoing people who like to yeah. party and make a show of things. But um, for people who might be like self conscious, you know, they can adopt a different identity for a night and yeah. have fun with other like minded people. And there's there's a lot of comfort in that, I think, right? There's a lot of comfort in that. And I also think a lot of media is encouraging that uh, right now. This whole, yeah, dress up, put on a costume. Yeah. Um, and I and I think I think Twilight even has a play into it. I mean, we're doing a romance story about a vampire, which mm-hmm. granted yeah. had been yeah. done before with like Buffy and all of that, but like it became this mainstream thing where a bunch of teenage children are like oh my gosh vampires are cool so i'm gonna dress up as a vampire for halloween and have vampire posters in my bedroom um 
as opposed to before where you might be like, oh, vampires are scary. I'm not going to do that. But hey, this vampire is sexy. So I don't know. I think yeah. I think that plays into it, too. It's it's um I think like the two biggest like things for not just like horror, but the cultural zeitgeist for like Twilight changed so much. And then also around the same time, The Walking Dead blew up. So we have yes. like vampires and zombies. And yes, um. I'm, you know, like I've seen so many different zombie interpretations. I would be open to definitely more vampires at this point. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot you could do with vampires. They're, they're amazing. Um, I think Salem's Lot, the Stephen King thing, is getting a revival. It is. Um, yeah, I don't know his interpretation on vampires, but I hear it's a little different. So I, I, I I'm totally open to yeah these these avenues for horror kind of opening up and expanding. That's, it's really cool. Yeah. Do you, um, when you become, uh, older than you are now, I, I'm trying to, <laughs> I want to uh, word it in a way that doesn't offend, uh, listeners over the age of, of 30 or 40, but, um, <laughs> when you're settled down, do you want to be a house that has like a, goes all out for Halloween? You have a haunted house entrance and, you scare the pajamas off of little kids. <laughs> Absolutely. Those were always the best yeah. to go to when you yes. go trick-or-treating. The ones where the parents like would be hiding. Like I remember one of my favorite trick-or-treating experiences was when uh, I had to – like the, the front porch was dark, but they had like string lights up and there were a bunch of like fake scarecrows and they had one of those like swing – porch swings and um one of the scarecrows was sitting on that and then the scarecrow lunged at you and it was actually like the dad of the house like dressed up and you got scared and then he gave you candy like it was great so yeah i um i definitely want that one of my favorite things to do actually is once it gets to be closer to halloween like like the week before i like to drive around different neighborhoods and just look at all the houses and the way they're decorated I've noticing way more decorations like this year specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've lived in the my my parents they've lived in the same neighborhood for a while, and when I go back here around Halloween time, I'm like, everyone is going like it's it's up there with like Christmas, yeah. And um, I, that might tie into the the post pandemic world we're living in. And I wanted to ask you, how has your favorite time of the year changed with? things becoming different, things becoming less social. And are you, do you find yourself adapting to those things? Yeah. um, It was very sad at first uh, just because so much of Halloween for me is going out and being around other people. Like I loved going to like haunted house attractions and I love like doing themed escape rooms and all of that. And like Halloween parties um, and like dressing up with friends. And then, and then it became just sort of like, almost like self-care like <laughs> like my my halloween bucket list changed to just like okay i'm i'm going to make like a pumpkin pie um and it be a lot more like wholesome and personal um than before do you ever um experience a post halloween slump like the day a- after yeah i mean yeah. it's <laughs> it's definitely like when i uh, we were we were theater kids so like after a show did you ever like had this weird feeling of like i need to be doing something like i need to be rehearsing or like yeah. back in yeah. the show the the, the post play depression was uh devastating yeah it's a very similar <laughs> it's a very similar feeling for halloween which is why i was the kid um that was planning her halloween costume literally the day after Halloween for the next year. I was already like brainstorming. And I do that now. I I think about, okay, well, where do I think I'm going to be a year from now? Will I be like out of town? Will will mm-hmm. I have friends come in town kind of yeah. a thing? And that influences my plans. And I definitely think about that like a year in advance. Um, Do you – do you think like an ideal Halloween night involves because like the older we're getting, the less emphasis mm-hmm. on trick or treating and the, you know, there are these like Halloween parties, which they're, they're fun because you get to see everyone's costume. But, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, like the kids are such a big part of it, seeing like little kids out trick or treating. That energy is just like I think it's unmatched. 
So like I do like to get a little trick or treating in there somehow, whether I'm handing things out or yeah. or escorting kids. And like, how did you feel when you saw those those people who literally were just candy bandits? And they would wear like whatever they had on for school earlier that day, and they would be in their mom's minivan and just like hurry, hurry, get that yeah, shit. Yeah, and then yeah. they, they didn't didn't say trick or treat. Um, I remember I'll never forget when one kid just like just like a plain white t shirt, his like school pants, and he just had like a pillowcase out. And it's nice. like you, you could have at least got like a fifty cent little pumpkin uh, bucket or something, but. Yeah, yeah, that that always like took the spirit out for me. How did you feel about people who didn't really appreciate the season? Yeah, I mean, as as a little kid, I did see people doing that, and it, it for some reason it always made me feel embarrassed. Like I, really, I, yeah, like I felt like I felt like there was like something wrong with me then for dressing up and going out with my dad or my mom and and going from house to house. I didn't feel like cool anymore. Whereas before putting on my costume, I was like, I am the coolest person in the whole damn yeah, world. Yeah. Um, but then seeing the older kids kind of like taint the experience yeah. took away from my feeling of being cool. <laughs> and I don't want to like, um, I'll, I'll rephrase that because obviously not everyone has access to costumes. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has access to, to to celebrate Halloween to the fullest. So I'm not yeah. necessarily referring to like people who don't have costumes as much as to like, because there will also be people who had like, they'd be dressed up, but I could tell like, I don't know. I like it when people are in the character a little bit yeah. when they're acting like they want to scare some, but like festive. There's, it, that goes a long, yeah, it goes a long way and like, you know, it, I feel like Halloween's a very, um, it's social holiday and that like energy feeds off of other energies. So like whenever mm-hmm. I go to a house and I just see like a, a little like basket someone leaves on their step of like dum-dums and it's like take <laughs> one, I guess. Um, it That's always a little disheartening to me. I mean, I, I, I guess like if you're like 80 years old, you don't want to answer the door over and yeah. over. But like I, I, I did see older people who would sit on their uh rocking chair and still like yeah and they like it it seemed like the older people really love scaring kids like they got a different sort of pleasure out of that yeah (laughs) um so i'm looking forward to being an old person in a rocking chair uh during halloween uh what what were some of the things on your bucket list if you want to talk about that a little bit so um my bucket list that I kind of do every year. Um, so I'm very, <laughs> I'm very strict about, I will only like get out the like Halloween, Halloween decorations on October 1st. I won't do it like the day before it has to be October 1st. It's <laughs> a little, a little extreme, um, especially cause my, a lot of my home decor, I think some people would think are Halloween decorations, but I do right. have, I do have just like, specific decorations that i get out and then i always like make a movie list um and then i have to go to a pumpkin patch and then um i like to go for hikes and like look at all the pretty like leaves that are changing um and then i have a halloween playlist that i add to every year uh it's currently five hours long um (laughs) that I have that I listen to and then on actual Halloween I watch Hocus Pocus. Are there any um like soundtracks or scores on that playlist or is it mainly like songs with lyrics? Uh so it's a combo. So uh okay. I, I I have um like the theme from like Psycho and the original Halloween and then um I have like Bram Stoker's Dracula that entire soundtrack on there. Um and then even like sp- like what I would consider like kind of spooky like musicals. Like I have some from like Jekyll and Hyde and uh from uh what is it called? Jack Skellington, Nightmare Before Christmas. There we go. I have like those songs on there. Um This just dawned on me just now while while we're talking about this, but I one why it's probably my favorite holiday is it doesn't require you to like believe in a higher power or celebrate or like you you're not like required to be thankful or required to have a romantic partner you just Mm -hmm. have to 
go along with it. Like that's the only requirement and yeah. anyone can do that. And you can do it alone in your mm-hmm. in your home and just yeah. have a good time and be festive in your own in your own way, in your own right. And no one's gonna judge you for it. And I think it's the same thing for costumes and why people love it as an excuse to dress up. Because it's like you can be pretty much anything you want, as long as it's not like super offensive. And like people right, right. people won't care. They'll be like, Yeah, it's Halloween. Yeah. Go you. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Kate, before you leave the offices, I think I thought you would be a great person to give. You can you can recommend both of these things. One, like a Halloween special from like maybe a show that you think like, oh, my gosh, this show had like Mm -hmm. a great Halloween episode or like a a horror movie you think is underrated that people need to see Mm -hmm. because people often watch the same scary movies over and over when you know a lot of ones that people don't talk about as much because they yeah. didn't catch fire. So what are your spooky season recommendations for for the listeners? I think uh, the two like really big Halloween episodes in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So that's going to be season two. Uh, the Halloween episode is great. And then season four, the Halloween episode is great. Um, the, the one that takes place in season four is when they're in college and they go to a haunted house that comes alive and it for it, it forces them to face all their greatest fears. And that's the only way they can get out. And then um, the one in season two, which is when they're in high school, uh, everyone who buys their costume from the specific store, the costumes have been cursed and you turn into what you're dressing up as. So all these little kids are like turning into like devils and like vampires and they have to figure out how to like break that. And then I adore um, the movie Trick or Treat, which is kind of like an anthology almost. Um, It's really good. It has uh, Anna Paquin uh, from like True Blood and X-Men in it. Um, And then uh, if you want to do like some Disney Channel, watch watch Twitches. (laughs) Twitches is so good. It's so underrated. And I think everyone talks about like Halloween Town more. Mm -hmm. And I get it. Halloween Town, it still rocks. But Twitches is really good. so I recommend that one too. Twitches might be, I, I might check that out because as much as I love Halloween Town, it's not the same watching it when you're a grown up. Yeah. You, you see so many things that were like innuendos or like things that are like, because they, they focus a lot on like virginity, I think. Yeah. Oh, and, yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's like you start thinking when you were a kid, you didn't, that went over your head. So mm-hmm. I might give, I might give Twitches a chance. That's, that's a really underrated um pick i like that yeah it's good have you not seen it before i maybe saw it but if if i did it was when it first came out so gotcha. all, all my yeah. memory it did have tienta mara maori in yes it? yes okay yeah and they're I remember like a little bit of it what's separated. the premise so the basically they uh are separated at birth twins and um they as they're when once they come of age they realize that they have magical powers and then they also meet and they're like, you look like me. You look like me. <laughs> so it's like this weird um, kind of situation where they're trying to figure out why are we separated and why do we all of a sudden have magical powers? It's really good. You heard it from an expert, guys. Check out those recommendations. Um Before you leave the offices, Kate, is there anything you want to tell people about celebrating this year? sending people good wishes, something they might want to keep in mind mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. I mean, I think I think a lot of people feel like they have to spend a ton of money on decorations and costumes. And you really don't. I I think I think just light a good like pumpkin scented candle, turn off the lights, put on a spooky movie, get with some friends that are in like your little like pandemic quarantine bubble. And just let yourself be scared for a little bit and realize that as soon as the movie's over, it's okay. Kate, thank you so much for coming on. This was a great episode. We're going to have to have you back on and talk about yeah, this is fun. Uh, being kooky and mental illness and being divergent because we, we, we talk about that a lot just yes. like as friends. So we could, in another episode, 
uh, get get more into the psychology of things. Um, but where can where can people find you? Is there anything you'd like to promote that you have coming up, or any places on social media people can follow you to keep up with your projects? Yeah, so um, you can go to Instagram. And you can either follow me, which is Kat Shoemaker. Shoemaker is S-C-H-U. It's the German spelling. And then <laughs> and then um, we have a project coming out, you and I do, uh, hopefully within the next year. But you can follow all the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's a murder mystery audio drama. Uh, you can follow us at Instagram as well, at um, Adjacents Studios. Uh, A-D-J-A-C-E-N-C-E Studios uh, to learn about all that. Thank you so much, Kate, for coming on to the show. I hope you had a good time. I hope everyone listening had a great time and is going to have a great Halloween. Remember, you don't need a big budget. You don't need a lot of friends. You just need to be weird and just it's one of the few holidays where you can actually relax. No yes. one's like relaxing on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, I'm tense and I'm worried about things, but not on Halloween. <laughs> worried about what your what your uncle or distant relative yeah. say. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Every year, it's 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 that same game. But Halloween is like okay, now I'm at peace. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm glad you could come on for this special occasion. Thank you, and everyone. I hope you got your free therapy today. This has been Culture Shock slash Therapy. I am Mary Jane Provost, and joining to me for this episode was... I'm Kate. I'm Kate. Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, what a beautiful day for Frankenberry, the world's super sweet new cereal. Hooey! Here's the world's super sweet new cereal, Cold Chocula. Pickle, I've got daddy flavored sweeties for monstrous strawberry flavor. Well, I've got chocolate sweeties for monstrous chocolate flavor. Frankenberry, Cold Chocula! <laughs> Frankenberry, Cold Chocula.